Welcome to Catholic Economics. I'm your host, Levi Russell, and today is October 28th, 2020. Today I want to talk through the uh, political economy, some of my thoughts on uh, Fratelli Tutti, uh, Pope Francis's most recent encyclical. It came out on October 3rd, the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi. And it... uh, I'm talking with several friends. Uh, it it's pretty clear that this is kind of like uh, uh, supposed to be a, a summary of the way Francis wants us to look at uh, international relations, international politics, national politics, um, and just general, um, I guess, uh, evangelization to a degree. And I, I would say the the politics of evangelization, maybe. Um, in the modern age, and there's not there's not really any hope uh, in here for sort of a return to the medieval era, and so it's it's not. Uh, I think I think that's some of where some of the frustrations coming from with some people uh, negative reactions to it. So I, I want to just give my brief thoughts. I'm going to give a put a put a link in the show notes to my uh, Washington Examiner piece uh, opinion piece on it so that you can uh, read that if you prefer to do that it's a pretty short piece so before i get started i just want to remind you to share the show Uh, i appreciate all of you listening i think it's great that people are interested in uh, economics from a catholic perspective and i'm I'm happy to be uh, to to give a a take from someone who understands economics well and someone who's interested in um, being a student of of the church's social teaching and so uh, hopefully you, you like the show. If you want to support it financially, you can check out the Patreon and Subscribestar links in the show notes. Uh, if you want to talk to me, I'm uh, on social media. You can my, my DMs and on Twitter are open, and you can also message me. I think on Facebook, and my email is also uh, in the show notes as well. So, any anyway, those are ways of contacting me. But yeah, please share. Uh, please share the show, and. Uh, Okay, so here's here's my thing with Fratelli Tutti. I think it's it's definitely caused. Um, well, I guess there there have been a, a a very wide range of responses to it. From, you know, I think you get people on the left saying, "Aha, this is a rebuke of Trump, and this is a rebuke of everyone I don't like and everyone I disagree with." And then you have uh, a group of people saying, "Aha, you know, we we knew Trump or we knew Pope Francis was." Uh, you know, a, a secret crypto, whatever, evil guy, blah, 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 uh, who's trying to undermine the church and destroy the West, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I, I don't know. There, there's probably a lot of other reactions, but those are two of the, uh, I think, probably the most extreme and, to, to my mind, uh, least realistic uh, ones. And before I get started really talking too much about it, I, I want to read a tweet from J.D. Flynn. Uh, So he says, Christianity is not a set of values or ideals. It is neither liberalism nor conservatism. Christianity is not an aesthetic or a culture. It is not humanism or good order. Christianity is worship 
and obedience to a person, Jesus of Nazareth, the risen image of the invisible God. And I think that's important to have in mind when you're thinking about uh, the, the social teaching of the church, you're thinking about its application in any particular circumstance, um, or when you're reading uh, this or any other encyclical. Uh, I think it's easy for us to get caught up in the things that we are supposed to be dealing with, right? We, if we follow and, and we're, we're concerned about subsidiarity, then of course we're going to, um, you know, we're going to want to deal with the things that are uh, in our purview. And I think sometimes some of the confusion with this document is um, part of it is a a, uh, a mistake a mistaking the words that are meant for the, uh, the the people who operate large governments and small governments or um, people who are in other positions of international power versus you and I. Um, and I think it's the, the, I also, one of the, the points of confusion is that, you know, it can, it can seem like, you know, you read, you read something like this and you think, oh, that's, I know, uh, you know, Pope Francis is talking about this person or he's talking about this world leader, or he's talking about this policy. And, you know, the thing is, if he doesn't say it, then maybe it's a general idea. Maybe it's supposed to be applied to a lot of different circumstances. Maybe it's supposed to be applied to a lot of different locations. You know, he may not have in mind, you know, when he wrote this, he may not have had in mind what you have in mind. So that's all possible. And I think the reality is if you, <laughs> if it doesn't say it in there, I mean, look, this is an encyclical. It's a document of the ordinary magisterium of the church. So, What's literally written in the text is what's important, not what you can uh, attribute to it or not what you can, uh, you know, sort of read between the lines or whatever. So um, I just want to kind of go through the topics that I that I covered in my examiner piece, because I'm not, you know, I'm not a theologian. I don't know uh, how all of these rules work with, you know, an encyclical and, and all of these different uh, things like, well, what are we supposed to, you know, how much are we supposed to, how much weight are we supposed to give it? Are we supposed to even read it at all? Uh, what if I just pretend like I'm illiterate, you know, um, or whatever. Okay. I don't know any of that stuff. So I'm just not going to worry about it. But I think that there are some points in here that, that are worth commenting from a political economy perspective. And in my piece in the examiner, what, what I, what I really tried to do was to kind of tackle the left calf line and to point out that there really isn't anything in here, um, that just obviously makes the case for, you know, some ridiculous idiot socialist. Okay. This is not, um, this is not the Pope is not a, an, a globalist, a socialist, blah, 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 because of words in this document. It doesn't make any sense. That case is just ridiculous. So that's what I was trying to go after. I'm going to talk about things maybe a little differently in the show. So the first thing I want to comment on is his discussion of nation and nationalism. And uh, I think, you know, he spends quite a bit of time talking about this kind of thing and talking about the care someone should have for their own culture and for their own nation, their own people. And 
I think it's relatively obvious that in, in these days, what, what he's looking at and what he's worried about, you know, he's, he's looking at the world in terms of sort of power brokers and uh, uh, the power that different nations have and the power that different cultures have. And his concern mainly is that small nations, um, it seems to be implicitly third world nations, though he doesn't really make it clear um, that nations are, are supposed to preserve their cultures. It's good for a nation to preserve their culture. And he doesn't limit this only to certain nations, but he's obviously speaking to certain nations uh, or a certain category of nations more than others. But the principle is general. And I think that's really good. And he talks about, you know, we should uh, want to preserve our own culture and only uh, we can only reach out and help someone else. Right. I mean, this this encyclical is called All Brothers. Right. Uh, translated into English. You know, we can only reach out to someone in another place and help them uh, genuinely if we uh, are honest about who we are and if we understand that they are someone different from us. And so I think that's really, um, I think that's a really incisive set of commentary these days, right? If you look at the left, you look at the institutions of power here in the U S and, uh, broadly in, you know, sort of the post Western world, right? The West is, is not Christendom anymore. Um, it's, it's been taken over by, um, this ridiculous, you know, atheistic nihilistic crap. And, you know, Francis saying something like this, right? Saying we should care about our own culture and we should uh, want to preserve our own nation. Uh, that That's a huge rebuke of um, sort of the dominant philosophy today. And so I appreciated that. And now, of course, um, he's going to say that, you know, of course, we, we can take that too far, right? We can say, well, uh, we don't want to be insular, right? We, we still want to be, be willing to step out and help someone else who's different from us, who's not one of our own, um, because that's how you bring people out of, uh, you know, abject poverty. That's how you bring people out of their suffering, right? If you're in a better position to, uh, you know, uh, in some way economically or politically or whatever, uh, the way you're going to help them is by, uh, you know, recognizing that they are, uh, you know, a child of God as well, and you can you can help them out. So I think that's good. Um, sort of moving on from there, there's this discussion of populism, and there was much ado about this, and uh, you know. Some people had some, took this way farther than, I, I mean, I couldn't even, I, you know, you, again, I could have gone the route of, you know, trying to assume who he was talking about or, you know, if he had a specific person in mind or whatever. And of course, you know, populism is a, uh, a big buzzword these days in Europe and the U.S. Um, and maybe other places. I have no idea. I don't study India or uh, Asia or Africa. So I have, maybe it's a, maybe populism is a thing there too. I have no idea. Um, but he talks about populism and he says that, look, you know, the way this goes wrong is similar to the nation thing. It goes wrong if you are, if you, you have a populist leader who's just nakedly coming in for a power grab, right? Who's just, uh, you know, lying to everyone and um, kind of abusing the patriotism of their own people. But he also says patriotism is good. And he also says that, you know, that, that, that there are legitimate, um, you know, policies that, that normal people need. And um, so I, 
again, it's not as if there's just this very clear uh, denunciation of Donald Trump or, uh, you know, the Brexit party. I mean, this is just ridiculous. I, I don't see it. Um, you know, it's just not there as far as I can read. Um, so immigration is the next thing. And of course, people, you know, they were talking about how the Pope donated half a million dollars to this effort to get, uh, you know, some Mexicans, um, you know, the, the money they needed or whatever to get to the U S border. And, you know, the first thing I'll say about this is look, I mean, uh, Francis has changed or at least edited something in the catechism about, uh, uh, the death penalty or something like that. And, uh, you know, this causes a huge uproar. And so it's funny to me that of course he leaves perfectly intact the discussion of immigration in the catechism, which says that nations have the right to determine their own immigration policies and that someone wanting to come in should follow that should follow the rules. They have a, they have a, an obligation to follow the rules. So what does Francis say? Well, he says, look, there's a lot of people whose lives have been destroyed by basically neocon nation building or by Chinese nation building. Right. I mean, come on. If you've if you've been following what what the what the Chinese government has been doing to these African countries coming in and just building all this infrastructure and then just basically saying, OK, now you're going to do whatever we want. Right. Because now we have this infrastructure. So, I mean, look, this is just as destructive as what the U.S. foreign policy apparatus has been doing for the last 60 years or more. Right. So again, this is not a, an open and shut case of Francis, Pope Francis talking to one group, right? I mean, this is, this could very well be a rebuke of, of China. Okay. But again, is he going to say China? I, I guess not. Right. Uh, he doesn't say anybody. So, you know, we're sort of left to not know. Um, but what he does say about immigration is that because of the, uh, because of the negative actions that I think is pretty clear are referring to, again, the neoconservative uh, political establishment and more recently the Chinese government um, and the way it's sort of uh, sent out its tentacles all over the world, um, is that these countries that are wealthy and uh, in, in a lot of cases the sort of financial elite, right? He talks about the, the, the financial elite and how they, they have a lot of power over um, the governments of these small relatively small, relatively poor countries. And um, so what he's saying is that, look, you have a, you have an obligation to help these people. And his view is that, well, one thing that you need to do is help, help them rebuild their country. Because again, he goes back to the nation and preserving the culture and, and stuff like that. And he says, these people need to preserve their culture. They need to preserve their nation too. And we need to help them to rebuild their countries after, I mean, the, you know, the U S has just, has done all kinds of horrible stuff, you know, just amalgamating countries out of no, you know, for, for no reason whatsoever, um, other than it's convenient to them, uh, convenient to the government establishment, you know, the, the, the neoconservative policy, uh, policy establishment. And so, you know, and of course China as well, same thing. So, <laughs> You know, so and then he, on top of that, he says, well, you know, it, since we can't rebuild these countries in the short term, we have to be willing to take in some people to, um, you know, help them, uh, help them uh, get to the point where they can go back to their country. And, uh, you know, Francis has said elsewhere that, 
you know, of course, if there's some kind of danger to your country from these migrants, then of course you're not, you know, uh, required to take them in. But he's saying as a principle, again, he's not addressing any specific circumstance here. As a principle, you need to be willing to let people into your country. And of course, again, this is nothing different from what's in the catechism. And, you know, I think for Pope Francis, this is an extension of our, you know, sort of our duty to help uh, our brother. And I think it's reasonable. I think, I think we, we all say, you know, if you have a legitimate refugee categories of immigrants, then, you know, those people um, have a legitimate interest on coming in. Uh, Pope Francis does talk about economic migrants. I think this is the term that they use a lot in, in, uh, in Europe. And, you know, hey, maybe there's a legitimate need there. Um, I would say that, you know, he's, he's not trying to, uh, of course, right. He's not trying to take away what the catechism itself says, where governments are, um, uh, to, you know, they, they are charged with making prudent decisions on immigration. So, okay. You know, we, we have a leader who maybe they think that our uh, immigration is too high and we just simply can't take any more people. Fine. Right. Again, Pope Francis isn't saying, Hey, Donald Trump, you need to do this. Right? That's not what this thing is about. This encyclical is about laying down general principles. So I think that uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that one of the issues we have is uh, in in terms of immigration, and one of the one of the problems I have with it is that we do this thing where we only want uh, immigrants that are really smart. Um, and I, I mean that would be a criticism I have of Trump is that you know I don't really I don't really care uh, to you know, take doctors and professors and people like that from other countries. I think they need to be where they are from. I don't think they need to be here. I think they need to be at their, in their home country, um, you know, helping, helping their, their own people, their own nation. I think it makes perfect sense. I don't know why they need to be here. Um, and at the same time, I don't, I, I also don't want, um, you know, to undermine, the uh, the wages of uh, you know, low skilled labor here in the U.S. I don't I don't want that either. Um, but I think again it has to be balanced against um, this duty to take care of other people, and to the extent that we can do that by simply helping them out financially or something like that, then that's fine. So the last thing I want to address is uh, this this bit about the UN. So Pope Francis explicitly calls for. Uh, a reform of the UN uh, that would allow the UN to, um, and I'm, I'm not directly quoting here, but this is pretty much exactly what he says. He says, uh, because the UN is in a position, okay, and he gives this as an example of something he would, he would like to see. Okay, so he's not saying this specifically is what he's calling for, but this is an example of it. To see the UN reformed, and of course, along what lines, I, I don't specifically know he doesn't line out. Um, but one might presume along Catholic lines, right? Um, and for that, you for the UN to uh, uh, be in a position where it can enforce the rule of law, okay? Because what he's concerned about is international financial interests and um, the governments of large countries and powerful countries uh, essentially exploiting smaller and poorer countries. And I think this makes total sense. I mean, I think we, I mean, we talk about this all the time when we're talking about um, not liking the neocon uh, international, you know, foreign policy establishment. Uh, we don't like these things. We, we, you know, I don't have a problem with people from, 
uh, Kazakhstan or Nigeria. Uh, you know, I, I want them to, to be successful as well. Um, but, and I, and I don't want a, you know, a, a massive international usury ring, uh, to screw their country up any more than I want those same people to screw my country up. I mean, why, why would I want this? I wouldn't want this visit upon anybody. And so Francis's perspective on this is that, well, and I think, I think probably in line with subsidiarity is that you want, if you have this large, um, this large force, right? This international finance, right? And he talks about this in the encyclical that, you know, these, these international finance, um, organizations, right? These banks and stuff are not really held to account by any one country, right? They can sort of move around wherever they want. And so it's going to take a supranational body to regulate a supranational, um, you know, economic force that, uh, uh, does bad things. Okay. I mean, this is, this just makes sense. I mean, this is, you, this is why, uh, you know, this sort of, uh, libertarian federalism thing doesn't fix all of the problems within a country, right? Cause some of the problems you have are at the federal level and you just have to have a little bit more power to the federal government to fix them. That's just the way it is. Okay. Well, we can take that same logic and apply it here. Now, if we're obsessed with our own nation, if we can't let go of our our particular nation and our particular culture, then yeah, this is maybe this is a little scary. Okay, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the UN, but they have the power. And Francis is saying, look, we're not going to shut down the UN, so let's see if we can get our hands on it and reform it along our lines and turn them to something good, which is enforcing the rule of law. When it comes to countries like China, the neoconservative foreign policy establishment, and these international banks, I don't see the problem with that. So, look, I mean, this is my take. I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not addressing the whole thing. Please do read, read the encyclical if you're interested in the rest of it. But a lot of it was, was more about kind of just a. Uh, a discussion of kind of the theological stuff. And of course there's a lot of, uh, you know, Pope Francis reads writes with a lot of, um, a lot of pathos and stuff. And so I'm not, uh, I'm just, I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not into that. I just wanted to talk about the stuff that seemed to me to be straightforwardly political economy. So anyway, uh, that's my discussion of it. I'm sure there's stuff I missed. Uh, you know, hit me up on the social media stuff. Send me a DM on Twitter, send me a DM on Facebook. Send me an email if you want. Um, and I'll, like I said, I'll have a link to my examiner piece as well in the show notes. Anyway, thanks for listening. Hope you have a great week.